continue for me, amen? Thank you, worship team. Good to, from time to time, to pause and consider these guys up here on the stage, uh, on this platform, if you will. Matt, uh, Lee Zipper, we do our drums, and uh, Jackson on the guitar, and Kate on the piano stand, and Eddie, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some others that be on the worship team, and Trey. Uh, they work every week to be ready for us uh, and to present Jesus uh, in glory. And so thank you to those guys, to the guys in the balconies who serve unseen and who caused uh, a lot of difficulty this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you all. Uh, the, uh, the night of the choir rehearsal, not the rehearsal, the choir presentation actually um, was. Uh, Trey and Stacy's anniversary, the day uh, of the presentation. So, uh, stressful day, of course, a lot of After it's all over, they could finally breathe. That night, they sat here on the front row and just talked together and, uh, about their anniversary. And Stacy said, Well, you know, how do you feel about you know, all the years we've been married? And Trey said, Well, you know, to be honest, for 28 years, You've got nothing to criticize me and correct uh, everything I've said. Stacy, you could tell uh, for a moment she was really processing that. She dropped her head and was thinking about it, and then looked up at Trey and said, 29 years. Uh, <laughs> that's a really dumb joke, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but sometimes there's hot food, right? I mean, even the best marriage, the best situation, there's going to be conflict and tonight or today we're going to look at a night uh, when jesus came into the midst of a world in conflict we sang uh, some lyrics this morning long lay the world in sin and error pining uh, the world was in sin against god the world was in error against god god had never stopped being holy he had never stopped being a covenant-keeping God, uh, but those of us in humanity, those at that time, lay in a state of sin and error that put us at odds against God. There was a hopelessness in the world because man could not connect with God because of the gigantic obstacle of our sin. It prevented us from the deepest longings of our heart to be able to reach out to our Creator and our Redeemer and to be at peace with Him. We lay in sin and in error until Jesus came into the world. That's what we're celebrating this morning. That's what we're looking at together. The Christmas story, the account, the historical account, 2,024 years ago when Jesus Christ entered the world. From eternity past, he came to walk our dirt and to be among us. And so let's look together at Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Uh, if you don't have a Bible today, these words will be on the screen. But if you don't have a Bible in your life, you don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word just for you. And we've got those in the back on the table. Uh, feel free to pick those up. They're laid out there for you. Uh, there are no cost to you just to give from our heart to yours, okay? So Luke chapter 2, verse 1, Mary has been told that a, a child is coming even though she's unwed, even though she's a, a virgin, that the Holy Spirit is going to bring 
into her body an actual flesh and blood child to be born, but that child will be called the Son of the Most High. But she's to call him Jesus, for he will be a Savior of his people from their sins. The angel has appeared likewise to Joseph and told him, this is going to be okay. Don't be embarrassed to take Mary as your wife to keep her. The child that's within her is from the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. All of this has already happened. And so Mary has been expecting this baby for some time, and we're drawing near to the moment when he will be born into the world. And so let's read this together, beginning in verse 1. We'll go down to verse 20 together. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. The name Augustus there uh, is attributed to Caesar, the, the great emperor of the Roman Empire, uh, who was deified as God. I mean, this was a, an absolute monarchy uh, that we can't really imagine. And when he issues a decree, you better believe it is followed. This is a powerful person. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. What is that? That's all the known world. Everybody under the, the Roman Empire, everybody's going to be registered. This was the first registration with British, the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. You remember we sang, or actually Erica read today, from the prophet Micah, that the town of Bethlehem was too small, too inconsequential to be numbered among the tribes of, of Judah. This is this place that God has chosen for the mightiest event of all human history to take place, a small, inconsequential place. The design is in motion here, and he went up to Bethlehem because he was in the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, or engaged, his betrothed, who was with child. And they, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out of the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you imagine this scene for just a moment? You're a midnight shift shepherd. I mean, you're third tier. Uh, you're, the, you're low grade, entry level. You're the guy in the middle of the night, the quietest outside of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was small enough. These people were in the same region. They were near Bethlehem. The, the stillness of that night, and all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord breaks through the sky. I mean, what did that look like? I don't know. But I do know that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Can you imagine how, how struck you would be by that? And they were filled, the Bible says, with great fear. The, the wording there in the Greek is that they were Terrified with terror that is terrifying. It, is a, it stacks up the language. So we know that the, the, the fear of this moment was great. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
It will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Or if you have the King James, the New King James, uh, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, comma, goodwill toward men. The angel is suddenly not alone. He's accompanied by a multitude of the heavenly host and they are singing praise to God. When we sing the song that uh, has the lyrics, uh, Gloria, Gloria in Excelsis Deo. This is, that's the Latin of what they are singing here. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Don't you like that? It's so rigid and strange. I bet they said it a little bit different than that, don't you? The angels just vanish into heaven. Uh, the Bible records them saying, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I think they were uh, stupefied that the Lord had made this known to us, to them, or just a, a few shepherds out of the field. Let us go and see this thing that has happened. When they went to haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in danger. And when they saw it, they made known the same that had told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And so there were apparently others around, perhaps, it looks like. And the shepherds announced to Mary and Joseph and perhaps others around there that the angels had come and had said that this baby is Christ the Lord that a Savior was being born today in the city of David. That Mary and Joseph had heard this before, but apparently these others, it's the first time that they had known that this birth was special. They may have known, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The way Jesus comes into the world tells us a lot. We can learn a lot about God, what God was doing here. I think there are three observations we can make this morning. The first is this. The arrival of Jesus shook the world. The arrival of Jesus shook the world. We think of Christmas uh, a lot of times in small terms, don't we? After all, it is a little baby. He was not even born in a, an inn, not even a hotel room. He was born in small circumstances in a stable. And after all, when, when he needed to be laid down, he was laid in a little manger, wasn't he? A tiny child, a poor family, a small circumstance. But the way that the Christmas story sets out here is meant to describe to us that God was doing something very big. Yes, there's smallness in it, but God was at work during a major event in this moment. It's incredible the number of pieces God had to place together to put in the perfect synchronous motion to bring about 
the arrival of Jesus. Look what's described here. The timing. It was in those days, in the fullness of time, the time came for her to give birth. God was all about the right time, the right moment for this. The rulers, he's moving powerful rulers in this situation. For Jesus to be born in the place that he was prophesied to be born, to be born in the city of David and Bethlehem, as the prophet Micah said, he required a decree to go out from none other than the pagan king, one who claimed to be God himself, Caesar Augustus. God is moving all the pieces. In the time that Quirinius was governor of Syria, all these governments and all the world would be registered. Everybody in every place went to their hometown. You better bet that election commissions and, and census takers and every little town hall and town square were organizing and getting things printed and ready to go for this to happen. The whole world was moving for the birth of Jesus. God was doing something big. Yes, the baby would be small, but the movement of God here is something major. I love Christmas time. I love Thanksgiving too. But Thanksgiving food is always about the big things, isn't it? Turkeys, right? Dressing, pies. Christmas is all about the treats. And you guys do a great job at bringing me lots of treats at Christmas. In fact, right here on my chair, I have some, some sugar-glazed pecans that out of nowhere someone just handed me this morning, right? That's a great Christmas for your pastor. I appreciate that. Uh, I love the treats. In our church, we've got some people who can make some great treats. I have my favorites. I don't know if I should name names this morning, but there's a sign who makes fudge in our church. It's amazing. Uh, it's perfect. It's not too smooth, but it's not too crunchy. It's the, the little nuts in there are ground up in the tiny pieces. You can barely detect them, but they're delicious. I mean, just perfect fudge. I wait for it every year. And now they only put Erica's name on it because uh, I've been accused of eating all of it in our house. But still, I find it. I find it. Um, somebody brought me some weenies, barbecue weenies, which I love so much. And I stumbled on it. Bailey and Fletcher's baby shower the very best one I've ever tasted. All the other ones are wonderful, but the shower, I found the best one. I don't know what the recipe is. But I know it's perfect. But my favorite at Christmas are what we used to call nuts and bolts. Anybody know what that is? In modern times, we call those checks names, right? My grandmother made them, they were nuts and bolts. She put little Cheerios in them, which I thought was strange, uh, but it was delicious. She used double the Worcestershire sauce to make them, double the butter. It was amazing. Some of you guys make it. I love the, the checks names that you bring me. Although uh, one time one of you brought me some of the raisins in it, which is a sin against God. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you all, we all have our recipes, don't we? We know exactly the measurement, exactly the cooking time, exactly how to stir it, exactly what setting on the, the mixer. Everything has to be perfect. How, how, how fine we ground. We brought the walnuts for the for the fudge. Everything is perfect. You have exactly the practices and the approach that you go to do this. God is bringing Jesus into the world. Everything here was precise. Everything was deliberate. Everything was exact. And God was not intimidated by Caesar Augustus. He was not intimidated by Quirinius of, of, of Syria. He was not intimidated by calling all the whole world 
into the recipe that was going to bring about the fullness of the glory of God through salvation in Jesus Christ. He has perfectly measured out the ingredients for the recipe of his son's birth. He is orchestrating a massive global movement of people and kings, of timing and location, of prophecy and lineage, all working together for his glorious uh, plan to rescue mankind from sin. God is doing a big thing here. He signals in the Christmas story that what we often think of in small terms was actually an enormously big movement of God to bring into our midst the fullest expression of his love for you and for me. Now, don't miss this. The arrival of Jesus shook the world. It is no small thing when the God of the ages moves the world to bring to us a Savior. That is no mere bedtime story. And let us work to see the bigness of God's love this Christmas. He's done something amazing, amazing, unthinkable. The arrival of Jesus shook the world. But secondly, the arrival of Jesus split the night. The arrival of Jesus split the night. It's no accident where or when or to whom God chose to first share the news of Jesus' birth. It's not what we would have expected. We would not have expected Bethlehem, that small place. We would have not expected the night shift. We would not have expected shepherds. We would have expected maybe Jerusalem, right? Or maybe Rome, the capital of that empire. Maybe Quirinius' mansion, the governor's mansion, or maybe Augustus's palace. Somewhere significant is where this announcement ought to have been made. But God is doing this on purpose. Why is he doing this? Because uh, the news of Jesus was available for everybody. You know, I've been amazed lately at uh, wedding proposals. You know, since wedding proposals have gotten out of hand, and uh, you see them on Facebook, and always oh, they act surprised and stuff. But I, I saw one the other day, and most of the time they happen on a mountaintop somewhere. The, the, the boyfriend will say, Come on, let's go for a, a hike. They go up there, this scenic vista, but they're all dressed in their nice clothes with cute outfits. Like, you know, they know this is coming, right? A photographer is usually there. A professional photographer is on the hike. I saw him the other day with a drone flying over, you know, to capture the moment of the proposal. So let me just give you a clue, ladies. If you're invited by your boyfriend to a hike, and he takes you to a mountain peak somewhere, and he's wearing his nice jeans, right? And along the way, there's a photographer following you, and drones are flying overhead. You're getting married, right? This is happening. It amazes me, though, with drones flying overhead, and photographers there, and the whole setup, how the moment comes and it's just a, a surprise. Like, this is, I never knew this was going to happen. We do. I'm sure I'm insulting so many people. <laughs> Why do we do things like that, though? We do things like that because big news, we have something inside of us that this, this knows intuitively, big news deserves a big audience, doesn't it? And if, and if we can manage it, an important audience. And so we might think here that the big news of Jesus' arrival, it deserves the biggest, most important audience possible. And so when God breaks through the night sky outside of Bethlehem to some shepherds working the overnight shift 
We know he means something by that. What is it that God means by doing it this way? Why is it God goes to the lowest class of people, to the most unseen place, to the darkest of night? He does so to show that there is no one beyond the reach of the gospel message that Jesus was bringing. Salvation to be available to all. If shepherds were not too low and reviled, if shepherds were not too poor and uneducated, if the shepherds were not too uncultured and too irreligious, then there are no depths to which salvation cannot reach. I hope you believe that this morning because you and I sitting here ought to have been beneath the reach of salvation through the holiness of God. But by his mercy, by his love, and by the act of delivering Jesus into our world and ultimately onto the cross, salvation has scooped down even to the depths where you and I were in our sinfulness. If, if the shepherds were not too far gone, then you're not too far gone. No matter what you think about yourself, no matter what you've been told about yourself, however far sin has taken you, Jesus came for you and he wants to save you. Maybe there's nobody here that matters to you this morning. Maybe you're all in Christ already, I don't know. But maybe one day somewhere, someone listening to the sound of my voice of a far-flung place or long after I'm gone, I want you to know that God has looked upon you in love and he wants to save you. And you on this side of eternity are not beyond his reach. Maybe you place your faith in Jesus Christ. The arrival of Jesus split the night. But lastly, the arrival of Jesus stirs the soul. The arrival of Jesus stirs the soul. I think these shepherds were just amazed. I think they couldn't believe it. The language here is so powerful. Uh, we, we announce it to the shepherds. Listen to what it says. Keep them watching their flight. Flock by night, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them. They're filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. What often have brought fear does not bring fear to them anymore. He's bringing, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, not just the elites, not just the sophisticates. It's going to be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the multitude, a, 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 an angel, the angel of the multitude, the heavenly host, praising God, saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth with whom, among men with whom he is pleased. The shepherds, when they hear this news, the angels go away. In the heavens, they say, let us, let us go over into Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I think they were amazed. God uses you language, you language, you language over and over again. And the shepherds get it. Us. He's made it known to us. That was remarkable. These, these guys were outcasts. They were smelly. They were working with livestock, which was just reviled at that time. These guys were, were told that they had no place uh, in, in religious life, that there was no hope for them. But here God comes and says, I'm revealing this news to you. I think they were amazed. And so guess what they did not do after the angels went away into heaven? They didn't just go back 
to watch their sheep, do they? Well, guess we better get these sheep fed. Guess we better get the hay forked over, you know? Guess we better get back to our foes. No, they went into Bethlehem. They went to see what the Lord had done. I was at the getting my hair cut recently, and I go to a beauty parlor to get my hair cut. When I first came here, I was one of Grant Clips and our pianist, who is with the Lord now, uh, Fran, saw my ugly haircut one day from Grant Clips and said, where do you get your haircut? And I said, I said, Grant Clips, she said, no. She just said, if you knew Fran, that's how she would, she just said, no, you're going to Blanca. So I go to Blanca now at a beauty parlor uh, over here uh, next to Kroger. And a lot of our sweet ladies go to that same beauty parlor, don't you? I mean, in fact, some of our men go there too. I won't say these, uh, but <laughs> I was there the day of the senior adult banquet to get my hair did uh, in the beauty parlor. Just kidding about that. And I was going to get my hair cut, and um, there were so probably a dozen little sweet ladies from Poplar Springs there. All getting ready for the, the banquet. Fairin, you were there that day, I think. Fairin was there. Uh, several of y'all were there, all around the place, getting ready for the banquet that night. And I was getting my hair cut by a blonde And she got finished, and at the end of it, she pulled out a can and started getting ready to put it on me. And I said, Whoa, I said, What, what is that? <laughs> she said, This is just a little hairspray. I said, well, you know, we usually don't do that, you know, we usually don't have the hairspray. And uh, she said, I, I know that all these people are going to know you were here with me today. She said, and I want to be your hair to look good, right? <laughs> <laughs> she, she had only been doing that and not looking good, and y'all all knew it was because of her. I was ugly. And so, uh, <laughs> anyway, I say all that to the point. Uh, Lanka didn't want me going out looking the same way that I came in, right? And these shepherds, uh, there was no way having experienced the glory of God, having been just humbled uh, by the magnificent news that the Savior had come for them. There was no way after being exposed to that that they were going to walk out of that situation unchanged, no different than the way that they had walked into it. God had changed them. The arrival of Jesus stirs our souls. What an unthinkable reaction it would have been for the shepherds to be unchanged by, God, by what God revealed to them. That, that would have been an unthinkable reaction. Don't let yourself be untouched this Christmas by what God is encountering us with this season. The given Son of God does not come into our midst to leave us the same. He does not come into our midst to leave us the same. Yes, that's true always. But at Christmas, we're celebrating the, 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 the time, the moment that the Savior arrived, that Messiah was born, that God inaugurated that 33-year mission of sinlessness, of example of representative righteousness on our behalf. God inaugurated that, that mission of going to a cross and giving his life there and spilling his blood there so you and I could be saved. That's why at this season of the year, it's okay for us to look at ourselves and ask, 
and I live my life untouched by what God has done at Christmas? Have I lived my am I, am I the same coming out of this as I was when I really came into it? What needs to be different in your life before another Christmas goes by? Tomorrow. What needs to be different? The message of Jesus' birth is that the God who came to us has made it possible for us to go to him. That's amazing. The little body that was laid in a wooden manger was destined to hang on a wooden cross. The curse of sin was broken for us when the payment for sin was rendered for us. This Jesus came to bring you life by giving up his own. Don't make little of that this Christmas. Find a way. Chart a course somehow to worship him, to surrender to him, to give yourself fully to him, to follow him in the glory in who he is. Praise God that he brought the Lord to earth in small circumstances so that small people like you and me, desperate sinners like us, could know that we have access to him now. But don't make the mistake of thinking that this is sin. Let me pray for you.